covert narcissism, or vulnerable narcissism, or silent narcissists. What are they, and how can you spot them? Welcome to this podcast of My Inner Torch. So there are a lot of terms for narcissists. There's the grandiose narcissist. Those are the typical ones that we think about somebody walking into a room and being very loud and drawing attention to themselves and telling the world that they are wonderful people, that they know everything. They're the best at everything. That's what we usually think of when we think of a narcissist. But what is the covert narcissist? Now, I've told you that I suspect that my wife of over 21 years is a covert narcissist, comorbid with borderline traits. Yeah, that sounds pretty fancy, doesn't it? And that's a label. And again, I always stress, I am not a licensed clinician. I'm not a psychotherapist. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. So therefore, do I know absolutely definitively that my wife is a covert narcissist? No, I don't. Does she exhibit the traits of a covert narcissist, silent narcissist, vulnerable narcissist, whichever way you want to call it. Yeah, she does. Has she been sort of diagnosed? Well, semi, some years ago, even before we were married, she was evaluated and she showed tendencies. And again, I've talked about that in a previous podcast. What's a tendency? But does that mean that we can put her on a spectrum and say that she's high-functioning or she's low-functioning, or she's a full-blown narcissist, that remains to be seen and will probably never be defined. But what is a covert narcissist? Covert narcissists, sometimes called vulnerable narcissists, are emotionally fragile and sensitive to any amount of perceived criticism. They appear highly stressed, worried, shy, reserved, and self-deprecating. Oftentimes, they will compare and judge themselves against what other people have in terms of happiness, possessions, and relationships. Does that sound familiar to you and your relationship with your cluster B? Traits of covert narcissists include sensitivity to criticism, passive aggressiveness, self-criticism, introversion, fantasies of greatness, withdrawn self-importance, long-held grudges, envy of other people, anxiety and depression, and a host of self-pity. The telltale signs to help you recognize a covert narcissist in your life are as follows. Emptiness. They seem to have something missing that you can't quite put your finger on. They're stubborn rarely apologizing unless they want something from you. They have an ability to make you feel guilty even when something is not your fault. That's classic. They are entirely self-centered. They are the center of their own universe. They are expert liars. They're charming, hypnotic, and they are masters of manipulation. Projecting their insecurities and defects onto you. They are very sensitive as I mentioned before, to constructive criticism. They can't take it. There's an inability for them to form intimate relationships. We know this to be true. There's an inability for them to feel genuine remorse. That's certainly true. 
blaming others for their problems, low emotional intelligence, highly materialistic, extreme lack of empathy, superficially charming, and a victim mentality. So I think if I named off all those things that I just talked about that are indicative of a covert narcissist, they are indicative of an abusive relationship. It doesn't matter whether that person is a certified, diagnosed, covert narcissist. So here's some things that you should know about covert narcissists. It takes longer to notice a covert narcissist because of their humble, almost self-loathing conduct, opposite to a grandiose narcissist who when they come in a room, you know that they are there. They are more manipulative and very subtle. They are passive aggressive. They'll tell you everything is fine and then they do things to hurt you. Sound familiar? Their initial, their internal conflict is through the roof. They say all the right things and then they do the total opposite. You don't know what to believe. You feel confused. Trust your instinct. Covert narcissists appear very nice, but your gut feeling says something just isn't right about them. This is a common theme. Trust your gut. They value the same thing as an overt narcissist does, but they get their supply in a different way. They will do sneaky things to hurt you, but you can't prove it. And they'll always maintain their innocence. They will never claim responsibility. They always do things to get some type of praise and attention. And if they do not get the attention they believe they deserve, they will hurt you. They need everyone to believe that they are the nicest people. Unfortunately, the majority of us buy into that mask. And it's when the mask slips that you realize, wow, they're not the person I thought they were. They come on as being very nice. My wife did. She would do anything for me. She would have done anything for me 22 years ago. If I would have said, look, you know what? I want you to drive five hours across the country and bake me a coconut cake. She would have done it. Now she wouldn't give me five minutes of her time. This is what narcissists slash cluster bees do. And you need to be cognizant of that. I wanted to do this podcast on covert narcissism because I've talked about my wife being a covert narcissist, but I believe that these, these points, these symptoms, these behaviors are indicative of anybody in the cluster B genre, psychopaths, borderlines, histrionic people, narcissists, whatever you want to call them. They all equate to a imbalanced relationship, one that is not reciprocal, you know, and not everything is 50, 50 folks. I get that. But the way that these people operate is beyond comprehension. And the fact that they don't take onus for anything they do. And if they do, it's your fault. Well, gosh, I see that in my wife every single day, because inherently if a glass breaks and she broke it, she broke it because I made her stressed or I was talking to her or I distracted her. So the fault of her breaking the glass doesn't lie with her. It lies with outside influences. They cannot and ever take responsibility. They never take responsibility for the actions that they do, for their hurtful, abusive, neglectful behaviors. They won't. It's because 
you did something to them. This is why they're acting the way they are. This is why that's included in the narcissist prayer. It makes perfect, complete sense. So I hope that what I just read to you, which was sort of a combination of a bunch of different articles that I have seen online, because I troll online just like you do, I want to understand and I want to learn as much as I can. And I'm grateful that I have and that I listen to podcasts like My Inner Torch because it helps educate me. It helps me understand these behaviors. And yeah, I don't want to sit there and label a bunch of people and use a lot of terms that we do, but it helps me understand that I'm not alone that there are a lot of dysfunctional relationships out there. And what can I do to make my relationship with myself better so that maybe someday I can have a better relationship with someone else? Because a good relationship starts with you. It doesn't start with somebody else. You don't need to be completed by somebody else. You can join in a partnership with somebody else to develop intimacy and a connection and remember the cluster b cannot and will not establish a connection with you because that makes them vulnerable they don't want to go down that path my wife told me that years ago and i never paid attention red flags in the wind is another podcast i did several years ago that talks about the fact that we usually don't pay attention to these red flags because either we don't want to or we just don't see them. And usually in hindsight, we can sit there and say, oh yeah, you know what? That person did this or they did that and I should have known better. Well, now you do. So now that you do know better, you need to act on it. You need to make yourself better, improve the relationship that you have with yourself, your self-worth, your self-value, so that you don't need or seek that value and validation from a cluster B because you simply will never, ever get it. This I can assure you from my own experience and you can see the experiences of others out there. They're in the same boat. They're in the same place. They haven't moved on for whatever reasons. And we all have our own individual reasons for maintaining these relationships and perhaps not even thinking about ending them. But in my last few podcasts, I've talked about it. There needs to be, in your mind, an emotional exit plan that somehow you can make yourself a better person to yourself before you can be better for someone else. And it's not being better for the cluster B. The cluster B will never appreciate anything you do for them. You can change yourself and be the most wonderful person, which you probably are, And they will never recognize it, nor will they appreciate it. MyInnerTorch at gmail.com. I always appreciate hearing from you. And again, I always ask for your positive review on whichever platform you're listening to MyInnerTorch on. This podcast has grown exponentially. Listenership is way up. And I think that's because people like yourself are spreading the word and we're helping other people. We're coming to a consensus We're coming to a raised and open consciousness, which is the first step in the healing process. New episodes uploaded each and every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Till next time, be well, and in whatever you do, 
be good. This has been my Inner Torch.